0: Kelly. And I'm Kyle Thompson. I'm Matt the Data Scientist. And you're listening to General Intellect Unit. Um, this week we are talking about artificial intelligence. Um, and we've got our, our guest Matt here to, to help us through this because, you know, they actually work in, in the in the field uh, rather than being a kind of um, enthusiastic observer like myself. Um, but specifically we're going to read two articles by Francois Chalet Um the implausibility of intelligence explosion and what worries me about AI. So th- this is kind of a r- 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 requested episode from Matt. Really, uh, realistically. So <laughs> why? Yeah, why? Why are we
1: reading these ones? So uh, I see a lot of speculation about like what AI or you know yeah uh, you know, or you know, what could be uh, classified as, as 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 AI is is uh, you know going to do. And uh, yeah, there there are things to worry about, but like you know, I think there's just a lot of hype about things that really just aren't dangerous. And um, I think it's kind of cool that um, uh, you know uh, that Francois here has really pegged uh, what's actually dangerous about it as really just being inherent to capitalism. Like, <laughs> it's not, you know, it, it, it's, it, it, yeah, the Terminator is not what we should be afraid of. Like, it's not really... Yeah, that I would bet any amount of money that, you know, you're way more likely to die just from capitalists being capitalists with AI than from, you know, the AI, like, developing a self. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um,
2: and so uh, I guess Cholet's two articles here uh, we have uh, the implausibility of intelligence explosion and what worries me about AI uh, they really do uh, narrow in on sort of like from a grounded practical perspective uh, what these actual dangers are um, and and kind of get into how they relate to society i would say that's that's maybe the more weaker side of this but it's definitely valuable to look at this from like the perspective
0: of an actual practitioner in the field yeah i think that's that's pretty important here is that um the author is uh works in deep learning at google and is the creator of this uh a popular framework for machine learning uh, keras um, so, like, kind of a, a big player in the field, right? This isn't some fucking drive-by critique from um, you know somebody who learned linear regression, and then you know this this is this is coming from the kind of the heart of the of the kind of um, of the field, really. Um, so, yeah, uh, cracking on uh, the first article, uh, in, and these are this is also in chronological order. Um, so the implausibility of intelligence explosion, kind of, is about this um, this notion of like super intelligence, right? This kind of singularity thing—the thing that everyone sort of talks about with when it comes to AI—and how it's basically impossible or like very, very unlikely, um, and that it's it's all the kind of wrong framing, right? But um, to get kind of kicked off here, he kind of he opens up with this like quote about uh, intelligence explosion, like that. Um, you know, you have this ultra-intelligent machine that is able to kind of design a more intelligent version of itself in this kind of recursive, recursive boot loop. Yeah, and that's like that's a pretty, you know, common thing, right? This is a this is a meme that's been with us for a long time, this notion of a singularity, and is I, I would say accepted faith amongst the kind of like Silicon Valley Tech sort of crowd, basically, you know? Um matt what's your what's your sort of perspective on that
1: yeah i I mean like i uh spent way too much energy arguing with uh effective altruism types on Facebook who thinks that like that this is more plausible than climate change, which is just <laughs> psychotic <laughs> like that, that that's just obviously false
0: <laughs> like i've um, yeah. very much had the same sort of thing of like um oh you, you and like i mean honest honest to fucking God, you get these arguments of like um Oh, we we shouldn't worry about any existing injustices. We shouldn't worry about climate change because within a handful of years AI is gonna bootstrap itself into existence and all our worries will be over. And like or even you even get sort of stuff like, Oh, but like, you know, the you shouldn't inconvenience that process in the now because the rewards that are on the other side of that process are so much, so much larger than you can imagine. That kind of fucking bullshit. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah.
1: And, and like it's it's well because like not, not not that they would necessarily make this connection but I mean like it is like the the baseline of wig history that just is you know it, it, especially like for people who um have like a science or engineering education like like you know that that is like like a you know it's an idea that's so embedded you don't even realize it had an origin in time and space <laughs> the idea is that like we're we we're, 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 we're just on this you know we're, we're we're on this rocket and it's going up and uh, the most important thing is to just not. Disturb the rocket, you know. We just got to keep, you know, it's, it, where it's going is good. You know, we, we just got to keep letting it do its thing, and until until we get there.
0: Yeah, which is horseshit, yeah. of course. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I I,
2: yeah. I actually uh, just saw on uh, Facebook today there was a post by Andrew Feinberg, uh, who we covered previously on the show, um, talking about similar concerns with the direction of uh, philosophy of technology. Uh, that uh, many philosophy of technology people are now uh, writing quite excitedly about transhumanism um, but are basically ignoring the reality of climate change <laughs> <laughs> uh, like they may not be deniers but they are like not putting their research interests there they're putting their research in this kind of pie-in-the-sky promise of immortality or uh, human transcendence
0: uh, that has a whole lot of buzz and money behind it. Yeah, I mean, buzz and money is, the, is definitely the thing there. I mean, like, I, I find that that stuff especially fucking comical because, like, um, you know, in, in recent years you've had stuff like um, uh, in, in, say, Texas, like, it's been too hot for airplanes to operate. Like, the, the wheels start to melt and the electronics melt down. And it's like... How do you plan on running these fucking AI clusters when silicon melts at atmospheric fucking temperatures? You know, and just like <laughs> more air conditioning, <laughs> more yeah, uh, just, yeah. <laughs> like that's not even a joke. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wish we were joking about this. This is fucking. This is dumb and very disturbing. Um,
1: and, and and like l- 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 that's all fine, but like you know, like if if you have that, but you also y- everything, yeah, you know, every economic endeavor has like. A legal obligation to put um you know extracting profits for the literal vampires who own it uh, above all other concerns you get a dystopia like, like i mean like, there's nothing wrong like with this technology and I, I don't and a lot of it i think is kind of feasible but i mean like you know you and and, and i think that's kind of what 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 shelley kind of touches on which is uh part of what i think is cool about the article is that you know like there there's there's like a rumbling of sort of realizing oh like you know people you know uh people who have a lot of money just owning all this stuff and making all the decisions based off of it uh you know like as the technology gets more powerful like that will lead to some very dark places mm-hmm. yeah totally um but uh, the, the
0: the the argument in this in this article, specifically, is that this is actually a really wrong-headed way of thinking about machine learning and the future of this technology. That the fundamental mistake here is that it sort of regards intelligence as a kind of superpower um, that is is just a sort of linear vector, right? You just increase intelligence, and that's a superpower. Um, no uh,
1: agreed-upon definition of it by um, psychologists, for the record. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and but like the stuff that is agreed upon, or the stuff that is like actually, you know uh doing the rounds in neuroscience and psychology and stuff is all kind of contrary to what the the popular narrative is here it's a very it's a very sort of um primitive understanding of intelligence and the the author uh to, to like to quote from the article this science fiction narrative contributes to the dangerously misleading public debate that is ongoing about the risks of AI and the need for AI regulation in this post I argue that intelligence explosion is impossible that the notion of intelligence explosion comes from a profound misunderstanding of of both the nature of intelligence and the behaviour of recursively self-augmenting systems." So yeah, um, just flat out a fucking misunderstanding. Um, the, the base misunderstanding is con- considering intelligence in this completely abstract way, right, this kind of brain in a jar notion of intelligent systems that is is frankly fucking laughable. Like it, It's cartoonish. Um, and as he says, it's sci-fi, basically. It's a fucking dumbass idea, yeah. And I mean, we've seen all this before, right? Like we've seen this in the
2: um, discussion of sort of like nineteen eighties information society theory, and how that sort of increasingly went in idealist directions. That we're talking about like transcending the flesh and entering this i uh, this realm of pure mind and this kind of thing, and that like that kind of idealism is. Ironically, where this this concept of intelligence seems to come from—that that the mind is something apart from the world that can act upon the world—and um, uh, you know, despite the fact that their concept of intelligence that they're developing involves you know enormous data clusters, uh, which are very material, um, once again the sort of temptation of idealists <laughs> seizes uh, this this sort of
1: group of researchers yeah Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. not against uh, transhumanism in and anyway let's all become robots you know like uh you know what 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 is um flexible is you know your um yeah you know, so y- you are embodied you know but like what that means is very is very flexible you know uh, when people like uh you give them like a little like a uh, robot arm to control in um in, in like a way, you know when, when they like test out like artificial limbs you know uh, people get used to having three arms like very quickly like you know your yeah. self concept is very malleable like you know i'm i i i i don't have, i don't have a problem with with, with, with any of that actually um uh, uh it's more like you know we don't even have a research program that w- conceivably leads to um a being that uh, you know an artificial intelligence that's um uh, uh sapient in, in in the way that that a human is you know uh because like okay we actually do have like in, um intelligences that improve themselves like i mean um i um uh, that you know, the, uh, using like machine learning things to improve other machine learning things, because there's like um, you know like um, larger parameters that go into other stuff. Yeah, um, uh, um, you know, in in praise of uh, uh, planning. But by, by the way, I've been uh, u- using this tool called uh, Dragonfly that uh, DARPA uh, developed and open sourced very 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 uh, uh, generously um, uh, to um, you know use yeah you know, you know, it's it's, it's, la- it's layers of stuff. It's it's using steady things to you know optimize other steady things in this whole chain. But here's the thing, like toward what end you know. Yeah, like uh, toward what I want it to do, like 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 the the, the, the idea of like um, a a mind that um, can sort of step out of its task. Like that, that we we are not even there's there, there, we don't know the road that leads there. Like not even close. Um, uh, if you ever read uh, uh, a Sherbach by um uh, Douglas Hofstadter, um, yeah, uh, um, you know, like he's he's very uh, frustrated with like the directions of AI. And yeah, like you know, for the things that he's interested in, we really haven't really made progress since the 70s, or maybe like you know his specific like research group, um, FARG, um, uh, which is pretty interesting actually. Like you know, or if, if anything's going to lead to that, you know, that's going to lead to that. But you know, right now what they're mostly doing is um. Creating things that sort of like uh, manipulate strings in some interesting ways, which like which is which is very cool. But I mean, like y- yeah, l- l- like that does not lead to Skynet. Um, <laughs> you know, for at least like another three centuries, I would say.
0: Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, and like the kind of the 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 sort of argument being made in the in the article here is also that like in the kind of. In, in a sort of general sense, like, there, we make this mistake of thinking about, like, general intelligence where there's actually no such thing, um, that intelligence is always situational and the, the brain is embodied in the body and the body is in, embedded in an environment. And so the the brain, body, and senses and environment are deeply sort of entangled with each other. And, there, and he touches on this uh, this idea here, that like, the, and this, this is kind of, like, proven on paper. There's this, like, no free lunch theorem that kind of verifies that increasing, like, and I suppose to situate this properly, like the one of the common notions of intelligence that's used in 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 machine learning and, and in sort of the sciences is uh, performance at solving problems or performance at playing games. Um, and the, the no free lunch theorem basically states that like improving performance in one area necessarily decreases performance in another area. So you can't have a broadband overall high-performing intelligence like it, it necessarily I guess it's, it's like the sort of problem where you have in like electronics and sensors where it can be either fast or accurate but not both it's this kind of like there's there's fundamental trade-offs where you're like increased performance at playing chess necessarily means, means losing performance at playing go and likewise um so even just the fun, the foundational idea is nonsense like a, a general intelligence that will be excellent at everything um is kind of fucking crazy um like what we actually have in the world are specialized intelligence systems. like a specialization is a thing that it seems that the world just does right like to to solve problems um, that like a proliferation of specialized intelligences is what we empirically observe in the world um, mm. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm and the, the, the closest thing to, to, to like to like real like general intelligence or you know the, the, yeah um, what Douglas Hofstadter would say, you know is like the difference between um, you know machine intelligence and um, uh, human intelligence is the ability to sort of have like a bunch of like a little like small like a, a very specific formal systems that you can sort of jump out of and jump between. Uh, and, you know, a, 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 and like create on the fly. Uh, you know, that is that, the, the we no, we're close to that. Well, like, like <laughs> yeah, the, not even Yeah. yeah that, that's not that's not something we're even heading towards as far yeah. as I can tell. I think my, my favorite sort of analogy for that is the whole thing
0: of like, you know, you you, you interview the king of the monkeys and he's like, oh, our, our guys, they're so good at climbing trees. They're climbing farther than ever, f- farther up the trees, faster than ever. Pretty soon we're going to reach the moon. You know, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, you don't realize what's going to happen at the top of the tree, do you? <laughs> you <know? laughs> but uh, yeah,
2: yeah, um, it, yeah. To some extent, this this article kind of reminded me of uh, Hubert Dreyfus's critique of uh, good old fashioned AI, um, in that it's it's basically criticizing the conception of intelligence that is commonly held, right? Um, so, you know, Dreyfus was doing it from this kind of Heideggerian phenomenological perspective, uh, but that sort of gets to the points about embodiment and, like, extended intelligence and the situatedness of intelligence that come up in this article. Uh, so there does seem to be some kind of continuity between those the sort
0: of perspectives. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, the, one of the sort of examples that the author uses here as well is this, um, you know, like a, a, an octopus, its brain or its, its sort of mind system is, is optimized for piloting an octopus body. And the same goes for human. Um, and that realistically, you couldn't transplant a human mind into an octopus body because there is actually a sort of hard-coded brain-body mapping that you can't swap around.
2: Uh, it's it's actually quite interesting. Like that that example
0: seems a little bit far fetched, but it's it's what know, they talk uh, about like, though. Like so so many of these fucking yeah. general intelligence guys, it's like oh you know you could you could just like take a take a mind as a completely isolated object and just plop it into a a, a robot body or whatever, and it would just go you know do the thing. Well, I know like some of like Jerome Lanier's, uh
2: early work was basically like trying to develop some form of like octopus embodiment for people right so that like we could we could imagine ourselves to have that sort of body or manipulate that sort of body so there's like actual like a there's actually kind of a practical research program history (laughs) behind this example um
0: it's things it's a thing that people in silicon valley have been thinking about for quite some time Mm -hmm. yeah it's uh it's kind of remarkable right that like um I don't, this this is the this is the remarkable gap to me right that like it's on the one hand you have this very simplistic understanding of intelligence which is very popular right like it's the kind of the common way of thinking about this stuff even even amongst the sort of alley crowd and then you have the fact that this has been widely sort of studied um, it's not unmapped ter- territory at all and like all of the actual evidence points in the opposite direction but people like you know like your your fucking kurziles and all these other goons and like uh, you know, I mean, land and all these these fucking idiots. like they they all sort of believe in this other really simplistic kind of naive understanding of intelligence as as this generality.
1: Yeah, that that chart. Yeah, well, yeah, it, it, like, uh, uh, yeah. What makes you think that you know, uh, uh processing bits is actually what maps onto this? Mm-hmm. Like, like that's not, yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah, but exactly. What 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 is the justification for believing it? And I think for like. <sighs> For so many, like, I think specifically for, like, Kurzweil's case, like, he, I think the, the dead giveaway with him is that he has this weird sort of, like, mollusk based diet to, like, preserve his life long enough to witness the singularity. And I think it's, it's an article of faith that, like, it is, it is really just good old fashioned religion, like, that he's, he's mortally afraid of death in the, in the old fashioned way. Like, you, you take an example like, um, like the the guy we love to hate, like Nick Land and his whole thing about like capital as a as an artificial intelligence, and it's very clear that he's he's afraid of the whole um, you know the 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 great barrier or whatever that thing of like why don't we see intelligent species all over the all over the universe because there's this great there's this great barrier that prevents them from leaving their planets, and I think for him it's an article of faith that like you know or also i think it's it's also kind of like psych- psychologically tied in with a sort of subconscious admission that everything's kind of fucked because of climate change that like if if organic intelligence is doomed then you know it's more comforting to believe that an artificial intelligence will escape earth you know that's i, th- I think it really is just faith in that kind of regard you know um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so that that, that's the whole that's the thing of like, I mean, I'm glad you brought it up. Like, I mean, why believe this? Like, what's what's the reason for thinking this way? I don't think there is a good reason for thinking this way. It's just that, like, it is comforting to believe that general intelligence as a sort of God form would bootstrap itself and escape because it's better to believe that than to believe that the most likely outcome for this world is to
1: turn into Venus, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, and, like, if, if you think of capitalism as being non-negotiable, like, uh-huh, you know, yeah, I, I, like, yeah. like, 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 I guess, you know, oh, so, so I guess, you know, humanity's going to die because of climate change or, you know, or just be very, very reduced. I either need to, like, get on board with that or, you know, like, create cre- re- really create the worst version of it in my head and, like, I've sort of conquered it you know but by oh you know so so, so so there's all these horrible horrible things that this could be like what's the most like vile you know racist uh you know just just evil like version of this why don't i use my cre- and by um, adding my creativity to that i've i've defeated climate change in my head in terms of like mm-hmm. managing my own terror yeah, yeah, sure, definitely. Uh, it's it's. He's, nuts. he's such a boring thinker. Like I was so disappointed when I heard him when I, when, when when like uh, uh, I, I looked into him a little bit. You know, just like oh, like I like what if all my most like pig ignorant fucking prejudices? What if that was just reality? Like <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh,
0: God damn. Yeah, but um, yeah, I don't know. Like this, this stuff really does strike as. Um, as a, as just articles of faith, right? Like um, or even even I suppose like in the, in the case of like that classic thought experiment of like Roko's Basilisk, that 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 is just Pascal's Wager, right? Like that's uh-huh. it's Pascal's yeah, yeah, yeah. Wager for nerds. <laughs> so it, it's it's just um, it's just a fucking cult, really.
1: But yeah. Help the basilisk. Yes, help build up the productive forces. You know, like, uh, you know, uh, Pascal's Wager, you know, uh, combine them, actually. You know, um, uh, think that you need to help the poor, you know, um, uh, to to, to hedge your bet with Pascal's Wager and think you need to, uh, you know, help the productive forces to please the basilisk. You please them both, you know, and and we're heading in a good direction. Yeah. Anyway, um,
0: moving on a a little bit in the article, um, the author... It hits upon a very important point here that like culture is absolutely crucial to the development of intelligence. That like you take um, take a human child and dump them in the wilderness and like you know they go feral and they live with the wolves or whatever, they end up with zero <laughs> intelligence in the in the kind of classic sense. Um, they they don't develop language, they don't develop like any of the kind of stuff you'd expect. It's it's very much like that intelligence development is a social process, not something that occurs. Entirely inside the skull of the individual, which again is a very upsetting notion for a lot of these the faithful. For for like for for the faithful of this faith, it's like they they would recoil this this notion that intelligence is social rather than individual thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, Fuck them when you're working <laughs> in such a
2: like you know quote unquote meritocratic system um, where uh, yeah your education and your performance on tests and so on is. Uh, is a sign that you are uh, one of the elect. Um, you know, this <laughs> this i this idea of uh, social intelligence
0: is is really quite repulsive. I mm-hmm. I would imagine. Oh, totally. I mean, I've I mean, I've I've seen it happen. You know, like the, the the like recoiling in horror. The I don't know these these people and their fucking thought processes. There's a there's a really good uh, little quote here that I want to read out because it touches on something very crucial, um, that if intelligence is fundamentally linked to specific sensor-motor modalities, a specific environment and a specific upbringing, and a specific problem to solve, then intelligence expansion can only come from a co-evolution of the mind, its sensor-motor modalities and its environment. So that shifts the emphasis very much out of the brain in a jar into Co-evolution of brain and equipment and environment, um, and this reminded me of um, some stuff we've covered before with like the Culture series of, of fictions, right? Where in in the fiction of the Culture, the, the Culture emerges as a deliberate co-evolutionary design process between the organic members and the designed minds, and that over the process of over the process of billions of years. They sort of design each other and and bootstrap that way.
2: Yeah, it's uh, much more plausible than the idea of this sort of seed intelligence that is just going to blow up um, of its
1: own accord. Yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's, like, it's like there are like design choices like like that you, that you just like have to make. Yeah. And, yeah, you know, l- 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 like, you can't, yeah, you can't just exist as this totally fluid intelligence. And, you know, like, you get to decide what gives it pleasure. Like, but l- like, l- like, let's say that, you know, you actually did have something that could, you know, create like a sort of um, uh, general intelligence. You know, th- like, you know you have to decide, you know, like, what uh, um, uh, fuels, like, uh, um, you know, um, uh, like, goal-directed behavior. And so, like, the idea that it would just be this thing that has its own inscrutable agenda is really probably not the case. Like, you would design it to enjoy, you know, l- like, certain things. You would, you know, uh, uh, yeah, you, you, you would design it to, you know, like, have, like, um, um, uh, you know, feedback from humans be, like, you know, like, part of, yeah you know, just really a fundamental part of how it operates
0: hmm yeah totally um, there's a really sort of important point here as well that like um, if we if we go, we go back to this framing of uh, intelligence being success at games or success at various tasks um, empirically like we, we have geniuses right and we've known a few of them throughout throughout history they don't tend to live twice as long as normies you know like they th- th- there seems to be a kind of um, diminishing return. On intelligence, in fact, that like, um, in fact, many like, I mean, the, po- the point here as well is that like, success in say the sciences is very much a collaborative, collective sort of thing, and like, a lot of the, a lot of the best scientists we've ever had, like uh, you know Feynman and these kind of guys, have had very middling IQs. Like they've, but they they were, I think that the thing here, the predictor of success is not so much to do with individual IQ as it is to do with like being in the right place at the right time with the right set of skills. Um, Again, a huge, huge, a huge shift in emphasis, right? Like, um, it's like so different from what you'd be led to believe by these these goons.
2: Yeah, um, and it is uh, it's a it's sort of a myth, uh, this myth of genius that you encounter um, among uh, researchers and academics. Um, it is really quite persistent, and I think there is a certain uh, there's a certain way in which it plays into people's, um, I don't know, vanity or just career aspirations. Because, is, but I think there's also the side of it where. Um, Researchers who are not a part of a highly active and creative milieu can delude themselves that they are going to make significant <laughs> research contributions uh, by believing that their, their their creativity and intelligence is somehow inherent to themselves. Um, cause you know, I, I, when, when I was a, a, doctoral, uh, student, um, in, in Kyoto university, I was in a very, una- uh, very, uh, sort of, uh, low activity, low creativity, uh, situation and really had to confront this problem, right. That like, you know, like, you know, very directly confront this problem that like, yeah, if you are not in a happening place uh you're just not gonna be that creative because intelligence is social and that can feel very very isolating because you're like oh man like i'm i'm out of the conversation uh how can i possibly do anything so yeah i mean i think you know for the people on the inside then maybe it's flattering that they can think that their their ideas come from uh Come from themselves rather than from a sort of broad social process, but the people on the outside kind of buy in on this too because they believe like they could be intelligent independent of their circumstances. Um, so yeah, it's 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 quite a quite a persistent idea among brainy types, I think.
0: Yeah, and like uh, I mean, that this this stuff is brought up as well that like that the. Intelligence isn't in our brain, it's externalized as civilization, right? Like the um, the term used here is cognitive prosthetics, right? Like um, your kind of gadgets, language processes, and other people are the site of intelligence. It's it's really not the individual skull. And I think this this is the thing we're we're also familiar with as the, the general intellect, right? Um mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah or, or like yeah, you can even think of it like um you know like uh, uh neurons in the brain or you know um or e- even ant colonies in, in like a very observable way you know a bigger ant colony literally has more complex behaviors and like will do things that and it's not just about like the sheer mass like like yeah you, know, uh, you know it's it's the um you know and you know and the um like bigger brained uh, creatures are not necessarily more intelligent. It's the synapses. It's the it's the connectivity and the complexity of the connectivity between them that really, you know, yeah, you know, insofar as we know anything, you know, rules zero of neuroscience is we don't actually understand how the brain works. but you know like like, like that you know, the, 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 that that complexity seems to be you know like the source of um, of all that.
0: That's very interesting, yeah, because like um it's all about populations, right? Like it's a population of neurons. That makes up the brain, and it's a it's a population of, of brains that makes up this the the this, this socius. Um, it's it's interesting that um, we can we 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 take that sort of take right that like it's it's a we're talking about populations of complex systems recursively made making each other up, and all the complex interactions and the emergence there. And I think we can contrast that with the I mean the the very naive sort of take on intelligence that we've been discussing, which is very kind of like pre-complexity like it's more of a newtonian sort of cartesian thing um, <laughs> yeah. there's a sort of a mirroring in the kind of um in the the, the the science the the sort of like the language of science of the sciences gives us very different sort of tool sets for thinking about this sort of stuff um, and I've, I've noticed something very interesting with uh, a, a lot of folks that get into the sort of hard sciences and i think I've noticed it quite a bit with people that get into computer science as well, is that like one of the things that draws them in towards the sciences is the kind of classic Newtonian sort of take of like linearity and order and predictability and all that kind of stuff. It appeals to a very certain kind of mind, right? But then once once they get in, they find that the the ac- the actual stuff is made up of these complex things, right? Like, And you're, you're talking like chaos theory and all that sort of stuff and quantum mechanics instead of the nice, safe Newtonian stuff um and that drives them fucking crazy right like there's a real cognitive dissonance there and there's a dissonance here as well there's a a, again an article of faith in this kind of very primitive linear safe notion of like intelligence as just a as just a general thing that is a you know it's just a, a thing you can have more of or less of or whatever but then transitioning to considering these populations and complexity and emergence gives you such a different sort of um so it's a different sort of outcomes, and like as the author is describing here, are like just completely different conclusions. That once you start thinking this way, it becomes evident that that recursive, sort of, yeah, self-bootstrapping like singular intelligence is just never going to happen because like it can't, right? Like we understand the world better now. That that has to be seen as a fantasy that you have to kind of let go of, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I guess the, the, ups, the upside is
2: there is still plenty of interesting research oh, totally, to be done. Oh, totally, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's, 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 it's not like it's the end of the road, right? Like, it's still... It, it, in fact, once you admit that that's the limit, it sort of opens up a whole field of possibilities, right, that you start to entertain instead. But I just find it's, it's very funny, this kind of... Where you, you get these, like, what are basically emotional investments in a particular model of thought colliding head-on with reality... And the messy fallout from that collision, I think, is very entertaining and and just funny. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: nah, especially when, like, one of the things they're emotionally invested in is the is the illusion that they're not emotionally invested in anything. <laughs> oh, the fucking... That's uh, funny to see. Yeah. That, the, that's very entertaining.
0: I'm not political. I'm just a scientist or whatever. I'm not going kind to of fuck. Nah, journalism. yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You are political, and you're not a scientist, Land.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fuck. Oh, boy.
2: Um, Yeah, I mean, it it, kind of reminds me of, like, uh, you know, when um, Hilbert's, uh, like, Foundations of Mathematics program fell apart in the early 20th century, and there were researchers like, you know, like von Neumann who sort of took the problems that were come up with there and were just like, okay, well, this is the basis for a new research program. And went on to do extremely uh, creative work based on that. Is that uh, uh, so? Yeah.
0: Is is that what Gödel's incompleteness theorem destroyed? Am I getting the history right there? Yes, that's right. That
1: you, you got it. Nah, no, it was a, um, a Russell and Whitehead. Uh, yeah, they were also
2: involved in that project. Okay.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: Um, it's a it's a rather complex history, but yeah. <laughs>
0: For, for the sake of the listeners, Kyle, could you take a shot at explaining just the very short gist of what, what that was? Because I think it, it illustrates the same example.
2: Boy. Yeah. Uh, okay. Is well. it just that
0: they thought it was simple and then it turned out to be very complex and they were like, oh, shit.
2: Um, there was... So if I can try to summon up this history from the back of my memory uh, on a dime...
1: Warrants uh, an episode uh, in its own right, probably.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really, yeah. We can skip uh, you know, up. my my... <laughs> actually, my... My advisor at Kyoto University wrote quite a bit about this subject because uh, he had a background as a mathematician um, and did a lot of history. So, um, yeah, essentially uh, there was a project uh, within mathematics to uh, prove that it was complete. Um, And this was essentially, if I remember correctly, an attempt to prove that basically all mathematical problems are solvable um, within the language of mathematics itself. Um, And, you know, Gödel came up with this incompleteness theorem uh, that that proved that this was not the case. Um, And it really was a fundamental event of intellectual history in the 20th century because it derailed this sort of idea of scientific and mathematical progress that had built up over the course of the 19th century um and it opened the door for sort of new uh less intuitive um understandings of mathematics and of science uh such as like you know um uh, quantum mechanics had relations to this debate, um, and uh, there there were there were numerous numerous uh, uh, sort of projects that spun off from that. Uh, but I think the thing is that like there's a similarity between that story and this story of intelligence uh, because the sorts of more sophisticated understandings of intelligence that we find here um, are similarly maybe less intuitive to your average person uh, than the kind that is is marketed by Kurzweil and that sort of thing right that like it, it there there's a sort of a break with comfortable assumptions um, and a, a move towards a sort of complexity and new uncertainties and new dimensions of, of understanding um, that uh, that really may change the de- direction of development quite substantially um
1: yeah, mm-hmm. yeah to to add, to drop add, to, add, add, add to that um, a, like specifically um uh, thing was that like any formal system um, uh, um that's like complicated enough to basically be uh useful beyond like a very limited uh uh, you know, application. Um, you're going to have a trade off between consistency and completeness. Uh, so you know, like it, you you can ha- you, you can have like a very limited range of, w- of what it can apply to, um, uh, or you know you can uh, have some contradictions. And you know, like that broke a lot of people's brains. But uh, yeah, like it's all it's also helping us understand brains. So, like it's part. It's you know, but like uh, a certain tolerance for inconsistency is part of you know what a uh, you know is is part of the difference between human intelligence and machine intelligence as we understand it. And uh, and it's part of the no free lunch theory too, because you're always making trade-offs anytime you make um, a um, a formal system. You know, you're, you're always you know the map is not the territory. You know, like you uh uh you know you're always choosing to uh you know uh, illuminate you know some parts of a system and uh, obscure others anytime you make a formal model of something.
2: Yeah, and you know when I I mentioned that there were researchers who sort of ran with that result and uh, went on to develop new ideas. There were also researchers for whom the sort of completeness of mathematics was kind of like a religious tenet. And it was tremendously traumatic for them to, to realize that this project was, was really done. Right, like it was, it was like this ain't happening.
0: It's just (laughs) fundamentally impossible. So it broke a, it broke a lot of brains and it broke a lot of hearts. Right, like that's kind of what we're, we're getting at there. Yeah, it did. It did. It
2: really did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: But um, I think I think there's a lot of resonance there with with this this intelligence stuff as well. And it's I think history is going to repeat itself in that kind of regard. Um, the kind of moving on a little bit, like the uh, one of the points here as well is that like um. An individual brain cannot; ha- it cannot be recursively sort of self augmenting. Like, and this is this is a kind of empirical uh, observation. But I think it also ties in with the kind of law of requisite variety, right? That like a given a given mind system won't have enough variety to represent all of its underlying substrate, so it won't be able to actually adjust all of its underlying substrate and so on. Like, I think it's kind of you
1: sort of lose fidelity as you go up in scale, like necessarily. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, it, like, like, you can't, like, command yourselves to, like, start doing something different, you know. Pretty <laughs> much, like, <right>. like, like, <laughs> yeah. People imagine, like, this AI that, you know, controls, like, a whole, like, industrial base, the way you control your fingers. But, you know, like, how many things can you consciously really keep track of at the same time? Yeah, you know, like, we found, like, the real really is an upper limit of how many, like, artificial limbs, you know, like, they can uh, have someone control. Like, it, like it's not that many. Yeah, you know, there's only, like, yeah, maybe, like, seven things, you know, you can really keep in mind um, uh, for the most part. Like yeah, you know, you're gonna have like layers in a way that you know just yeah.
0: Do you think that's actually like it's just something that very interesting that came up there? Do you think that's actually related to the number of fingers we have? Because like you know, short-term probably. working memory is about seven or eight <laughs> items. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> probably. I don't know. Like, probably. Yeah. That, yeah, that yeah. does make sense, right? Like the um, uh, yeah, so that puts a pretty hard cap on things. Um, and like I mean we. We have, we do know about recursively self-improving systems, right? We have them. We've seen them everywhere. The, the The world is filthy with them. It's just that they're they're you know civilizations and technologies, right? Like they're not they're not singularities. Like this is this is kind of ridiculous. There's also this kind of um, idea brought up that like there's a kind of um, like a, a sort of oh, exponential increase in like input complexity doesn't yield an in- exponential increase in output. It's like you get kind of diminishing returns that kind of level off um one of the examples here that he gives is um software right like i mean the development of software has come on in leaps and bounds since you know the 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 60s or whatever but is it is it 200 times better or more useful or like faster to develop not really like it's kind of largely the same fucking game it's ever been or like the, the 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 time frame he gives here is like um the year 2000-ish, right, like, or 2009, like, I mean, think about computing in 2000, and then in 2009, and then today, it's like, basically the same thing, like, even, even accounting for the, like, many thousand-fold increase in, like, input complexity, the, the output experience and the kind of experience of developing the stuff is broadly the same. Um, there's friction, right, like, this is a thing that, like, as, as, as the complexity of the system increases it gets kind of glued up with itself like there's friction internally um and this reminds me of a kind of um a quip that i I can't remember where it came from and i should probably look it up but basically like if you think you're looking at an exponential curve it's actually a sigmoid you just can't see the top of it (laughs) yeah yeah you know (laughs) I, i think that that really makes sense Right, mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: and yes, like how are people so fucking excited about hockey stick curves? Like it's the it's the thing that's people are always talking about in Silicon Valley. It's the it's the underlying assumption of all this AI takeoff stuff is that like oh it'll it'll be a hockey stick
1: because 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 it's, it's 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 how you get these you know the, 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 these uh, investors to you know <laughs> like give you some of their grandfather's United Fruit Company money absolutely so that you can you know uh, try try and actually maybe do something use, useful. Like, yeah, I, I, I feel like the, the, there is much revolutionary potential in in the startup founder because, like, n- no one hates the people who make investment decisions more than them. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah.
0: It's, uh, yeah, it's, it, it ain't gonna happen. Um, <laughs> so, Kyle, notice you've got a bit highlighted in the notes here at the end. Uh, it's one of the quotes towards the end. Do you want to? Do you want to lead us off at the end of this article on that one?
2: Uh, yeah, sure. Um, I might read the the one prior to that too. Um, so, okay. So we're talking about the, the the kind of limitations on this sort of system, um, and uh, it uh, says. When it comes to intelligence, inter-system communication arises as a break on any improvement of underlying modules. A brain with smarter parts will have more trouble coordinating them. A society with smarter individuals will need to invest far more in networking and communication, etc. It is perhaps not a coincidence that very high IQ people are more likely to suffer from certain mental illnesses. It is also perhaps not random happenstance that military empires of the past have ended up collapsing after surpassing a certain size. Exponential progress meet exponential friction. Um, and then it goes on. In practice, system bottlenecks, diminishing returns, and adversarial reactions end up squashing recursive self-improvement in all of the recursive processes that surround us. Self-improvement does indeed lead to progress, but that progress tends to be linear or at best sigmoidal. Uh, your first C dollar invested will not typically lead to a wealth explosion. Instead, a balance between investment returns and growing spending will usually lead to a roughly linear growth of your savings over time. And that's for a system that is orders of magnitude simpler than a self-improving mind. Likewise, the first superhuman AI will just be another step on a visibly linear ladder of progress that we started climbing long ago. And then finally... The expansion of intelligence can only come from a co-evolution of brains, biological or digital, sensory motor affordances, environment, and culture, not from merely tuning the gears of some brain in a jar in isolation. Such a co-evolution has already been happening for eons and will continue as intelligence moves to an increasingly digital substrate. No intelligence explosion will occur as this process advances at a roughly linear pace. Boom. Um,
0: <laughs>
2: God damn. Yeah, I mean, fuck. Like- so, um, I think I guess I, I have a couple thoughts about this. I already sort of mentioned how this reminds me of kind of like Dreyfus's critique of of good old fashioned AI. Um, which I guess was sort of an internal debate that was happening within Stanford at the time, right? Dreyfus over in the philosophy department lobbing uh, uh, bombs over at the AI researchers. (laughs) Uh, But uh, (laughs) um, uh, I I, I think that, you know, um, there's just a couple things I wanted to bring up. Uh, One of them is that this really doesn't it doesn't get at the sort of texture and nuance of this development right because it's just trying to make a very general point it's trying to it's trying to torpedo this idea that the singularity people have and I I think it absolutely succeeds at that but uh, when we're when we're looking at okay so how is this digital substrate developing Um, I think one thing to to sort of pay attention to is like Okay, there's a co-evolution of brains. But what does that look like in capitalism? Like, let's let's think about the armies, the armies of either unpaid or severely underpaid uh, people that are working to build these AI uh, machines that we have. Um, and, and that really doesn't get much of a mention here because it's making such a general point. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. So I think that that is something that's definitely worth thinking about because when we think about coevolution of brains, it's it sounds really nice. It's like, oh yeah, like you know, meeting of the minds. Like that's cool. Uh, when what some of the minds are you know, getting very different payoffs yeah. from other minds <laughs> yep. maybe that's not such a cool thing. So we need to think about, like, what is the particular character of that co-evolution, uh-huh, uh-huh. I think.
1: No, yeah, but, uh, absolutely, yeah, like, uh, yeah, if, 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 the, if the premise is, and you know, do agree with it, you know, like, yeah, it, it's it's not, like, making this singular thing, it's just all, like, forming, like, Voltron into this new, larger thing, you know, the, the suddenly, like, the mechanics of that, you know, will, like, start to matter, like, like a whole lot. Uh, uh, let's I, 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 put, I, put, I put a couple of other um, uh, uh, subnotes of like I, one thing that I, I thought was cool is how he stresses sort of the continuity between like computers and the institutions around the meeting society and just you know, like writing and the institutions meeting society. Yeah, you know, is like writing and bureaucracy increase the scale of, of possible collective action projects that can be attempted. Computers, plus the, their new institutions, will enable even larger scale collective action, which is cool. But I mean, like, you know, like what does the writing stuff look like? You know, mm-hmm. it looks like, you know, uh, you know, Babylon and Egypt and slavery and, you know, the <laughs> <Yeah>. fucking enclosures <laughs> exactly. in Scotland. And, you know, like, 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 there's better and worse ways like for that to happen. You know, it's not like a linear path. There's There's different ways that can play out.
2: That that's 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 the other point I wanted to bring up is that like the focus on linearity here I think it it doesn't it's not trying to lead to some kind of wig history in that sense of linearity uh, but I think that it kind of reminds me of um, the ways in which geology has been used as um, kind of a, a counter-revolutionary form of rhetoric, mm-hmm. right? right? That That, oh, like, you know, these, like, slow, continuous processes. Then you have people who come in and argue for, like, catastrophism, right? That they're like, oh, no, there's, there's discontinuities in this history, right? Um, and and I, I feel like uh, if, we, if we push this point too far, it could end up actually becoming a kind of conservative argument. Right? because the the, 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 the the people who are who are, uh, um, are pushing this idea of singularity they take the sort of rhetoric of revolution and try to make it a thing that applies to like this tiny portion of humanity who are gonna benefit from this massive discontinuity in human history and I, I, I feel like we need to find like a different way of talking about both the real linearities in development and also the sort of shifts and discontinuities and changes of texture and development, um so as to not just sort of like lapse into a extremely one or the other kind of uh, way of talking about this problem. Mm-hmm.
1: No, yeah, I, I find like, like like singularity people like like kind of like like one of three ways of, of looking at it. You know, one is that you know it'll all be enslaved to capitalism, and that's a good thing because like capitalism eventually leads us to something good. Uh, or you know, uh, capitalism leads us to something bad, but you know, uh, bad means good because you know you're uh a uh, you know you're, you're a kid <laughs> in a sitcom explaining. <laughs> That to to an adult,
2: or it's, it's, good, it's the good old cunning of history. Yeah.
1: You know? <laughs> yes. uh. or, or you know, like you think, like I don't know, like the AI will be in charge and the AI will make good decisions for some reason. Yeah, but, hey, maybe you know uh, of those three. But you know, uh, there is another way of looking at it that uh, uh, you know very prescient guy in like the 1840s uh, or so, <laughs> kind of you know. <laughs>
0: yeah, 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 totally. Um, yeah, so I think we should move on to the next article, which uh, I think was a couple of years later and is a bit more contemporary. Um, what worries me about AI. This kicks off on a very interesting note that he's, he's kind of riffing on um, the kind of computer phobia of the 80s and 90s, right? The kind of... Um, Fear of replacement, right? Like, kind of, uh, these computers are being deployed in office buildings, and people are like, "Oh, scary computer and stuff." Um, and you know, these these radical technological shifts have this kind of unease and maybe panic about them. Um, but eventually, everyone gets over it, right? They kind of adjust, and the the threatening change mutates into a new status quo. And it's kind of that, like, in one way, we're we're really bad at predicting what's actually going to happen, like the 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 fears that we have usually don't pan out, but then we completely miss the stuff that we should have been afraid of in the first place. Um, yeah, <laughs> is kind of the argument here that like most of our most of our fears are irrational, and we miss the actual dangers. Um, I I I do I do feel like
2: in this particular section, uh, Cholay. Chalet- at the very least he's certainly making an argument opposite to the one that we we found in in Graber's article right that like uh, uh, the uh, flying cars and the falling rate of profit um, that, that basically like the concerns that labor had over the employment of these technologies by capital were completely unfounded Is seems to, seems to be the argument that Cholet makes um and I I kind of don't think that's correct
1: um mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, right
0: yeah 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 i, yeah, I agree yeah. i i think i think you're right you're, you're on the right track there because i mean people were afraid of of the sort of surveillance stuff i think he's 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 specifically zoning in on the fear of replacement as which which also which also did did pan out i don't know like i mean yeah he's it's, it's not the most powerful um powerful argument here
2: i i think the the thing that he's He's maybe um, picking up on is that because um, the effects of automation were not absolute, uh, the fears about the about automation were were unfounded, right? Like he, he he that seems to be the argument that he's making is like that people had these like you know this was the era of Robocop and Terminator, right? <laughs> yeah. Like th- this was this is the imaginary that birthed those ideas and. Um, He's saying, "Well, we didn't get those, right? Like that didn't happen." But then you go and look at our world, and it's like well, actually, it's like it pretty much like it's not Terminator, but it is very much cyberpunk, <laughs> yeah. you know. Uh, yeah. So, so there, I feel like there's a little bit like of, well, if it's not a hundred percent, then obviously you were you were totally wrong. Just because the fear were so outsized, maybe it, that's that's the thing he's he's kind of picking up on. Like the phobia was so intense, and the results were maybe more mediocre than that although we still do have like you know six people who owe trillions of dollars. <laughs> and, like i mean it like things are pretty bad but <laughs> well, yeah.
0: yeah 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 i yeah. agree it's, it's not it's not the strongest foot forward um but he, he sort of goes on to, it's kind of like preparing for this argument that um, we, we are now faced by this new wave of radical change in AI, right? And that we're, we're afraid of mass unemployment and superintelligence. I mean, he's, he's already knocked off superintelligence as a possibility, Um but that you know what the question is what if we're worrying about the wrong thing again and i'll I'll quote here in this post i'd like to raise awareness about what really worries me when it comes to ai the highly effective highly scalable manipulation of human behavior that ai enables and its malicious use by corporations and governments so what's going well i think what he's trying to say is that like i mean the the popular narrative about this stuff is that like oh it's going to be mass unemployment and this sort of stuff but like the I think he's, he's he's making this sort of gambit that like that that probably won't happen. What you'll actually get is a fucking nightmare of surveillance. Which people are afraid of also. Like that's that that yeah, is and a And I, I, I think
2: the gra I think the graver point would be why not
1: vote. <laughs> no yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I think I think a lot of people would also consider like the gig economy like a version of mass unemployment. But I, th- I think he, oh,
2: I, I feel yeah. that I feel yeah. that on a very real level. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. Um, so yeah kind of kind of a shit definitely a shaky start here, right? Like, and like most of most of the article is kind of about like social media, social media platforms uh, using AI to kind of do this psychological panopticon thing of like who like very much like what we were talking about in platform capitalism a couple of episodes ago, right? Like hoovering up massive amounts of data. And then building psychological profiles and then kind of controlling people indirectly through the the algorithmic newsfeed and the the ads and that sort of stuff. This, like I mean, this was written in what 2016, I think. Um, uh, no, I think it was last year. Not, okay. It was twenty eighteen. It's the previous one that was. Yeah, so it's quite recent. So, you know uh, yes. it's like it's pretty like it's pretty on the money, and like I think the, the, the fear of this stuff has only ramped up since, right? Like this is I think this is this is a risk that everyone's very much aware of now, um, which I guess throws another spanner in the whole argument that we're we're very bad at predicting what's what's bad, you know. Um. Well, I mean, I would say that this stuff was
2: certainly underappreciated when these technologies were first being brought online. Like, when, when Facebook was first, first to think, people would be like, oh, like, you know, you had, like, Stallman screaming into the void, <laughs> like, uh, you know, about all these sorts of things that he's talking about here. Uh, but for most people, it's like, yeah, but, like, Facebook friends are awesome. Yeah. Um, so like I feel like it was never really taken very seriously uh, so so there was a certain amount of, of, of us like misapprehending the problem until we had sort of very dramatic examples in our
1: face to look at yeah I, I, I think I think a uh, uh, part of it is that, like you know, so you know, even if we can't get out maneuvered like as full general intelligences by you know any, any anything that's like um, artificial, yeah, you know, like we do have behavioral trigger mechanisms that. Are hackable, and you know if 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 what you you know if all of this is under the control of you know organizations that are legally obligated to put you know extracting profits for vampires you know as their number one concern you know like uh trying to hack you know those behavior um um circuits you know uh you know to you know to be able to extract profit better from you like that's what they're going to do, and you know the the technology is getting to a point where if that's like what it's being used for. Like, we, we are fucked. Like, that is... We're like, we're a different level of fucked. <laughs>
0: yep. <laughs> Which, yeah, I mean, like, um, this, uh, yeah, like, the, the thing here is about it's, it's kind of, you kind of, you get these, like, technologies used to first build up kind of prediction models, right? Like, what kind of person is most likely to click on this ad? But that rapidly mutates into control, right? Like, it's a closed feedback loop of extracting a model from the people, then tweaking and sort of optimizing, like, Oh, if I show this person a post from the Trump campaign, they'll be furious and be more engaged with Facebook. Therefore, click on more ads. You know that kind of. That's that's the sort of the. And this means that the the Facebook sort of algorithm is it basically kind of in control of of what you see, your exposure to to news, right? Like, and and also your exposure to friends and family. I think there's there's a bit in the article here about like. The algorithm sort of picking and choosing when it's going to show you posts from your racist uncle, you know, to to like kind of get you more engaged and get you more sort of fucking uh, thing, right? And like it's it's a closed feedback loop, right? Like, and it's the goal, right? Like, yeah, that's
2: the the crucial the crucial difference between social media platforms and a search engine that he 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 points out. Right, is that that these uh, social media platforms. Um, allow for more of a closed loop Um, and that that enables
0: a much greater uh, degree of control yeah and um, it jumped out at me immediately like the the, the diagram he uses to to demonstrate this is simply a diagram of a homeostat it's like this, yeah. is, this is this
1: is a thermostat essentially, um, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and like you can do this. Eighty percent of um, uh, um, uh, machine learning engineers, you know, like work for Facebook or Google. Like it's you know it, it's uh, it's that that's pretty Trump and also like a grotesque you know like application of resources. <laughs> the, the, the fact that they're working on that and not you know like a, a um, you know. Uh, making power plants more efficient. You know, that might be the death of all of us.
0: (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Fucking huge squandering of of, uh, a whole generation's worth of intelligence. Um, Yeah, it's fucking grim. Um, And, like, one of the sort of points he brings up here as well is that, like, this kind of, like, generalized manipulation, um, the, the kind of manipulation at such huge scales that it can steer the socius in general, like, more than just steering individuals, it can steer the entire fucking society. Um, This doesn't require super intelligent AIs, it just requires, you know, linear regression and a lot of compute power.
1: No, yeah, and, and, and uh, uh, you know, I I think the thing that's missing from, like, an actual super intelligence is, like, you know, a sort of self that creates objectives. The thing is, if you just give, like, a bunch of computing power your objective, which is, again, (laughs) you know, um, uh, uh, extracting profits for literal, non-metaphorical vampires, I cannot stress enough that it's not a metaphor <laughs> uh yeah that yeah th- th- that's what they'll do and, and like they'll be very effective at it you know like they're very good at like you give them just like one number you know um, uh, and and just try to make the number go up like like they you know, they they get very good at that And yeah, like that, you know, if, if, if that's the objective, you know, like we are getting very good at building systems that are just capable of optimizing for one objective. And so, I mean, yeah, like maybe maybe I'm jumping the gun being a little bit overly optimistic, but like, I feel like there's just like, there's like a little bubbling of someone kind of realizing, oh, we need to abolish private property, like, you know, we can't have just like someone, you know, owning, you know, like all this stuff that dictates all our lives and dictating, um, uh, and, you know, and, and that person deciding everything that's done with it, you know, all, you know, all, all this, um, uh, all this server infrastructure, all this cloud infrastructure, like that actually shouldn't just be under the control of someone who happens to own it because you know they inherited a bunch of, uh, you know, uh, uh imperialism money. Uh
0: huh. Yeah. I would, I would actually love to, um, I would love to give the author here a copy of Platform Capitalism and really pick their brains as to what they think about it at, by the end because, like, um, I think a, a lot of this article and a lot of their sort of take on like how to solve these kind of problems is very much of that kind of like, oh, Facebook needs to have better values sort of thing that we were mocking in that. Uh, that yeah, episode. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> it's, it's beyond a notion of values, right? Like it's, it is
1: systemic and infectious. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. matters who decides who makes production decisions, you know, whether there's democratic accountability or whether it's just one person who owns it really for no particular reason. Yes.
2: Yeah. Yeah, uh, I just wanted to, to read a, a section of the, the text here that I think will, will kind of help to explain what we, we mean as this sort of crucial difference between uh, search and uh, social media. Um, it, so there's a section, uh, Human Behavior is an Optimization Problem. Um, and it says, In short, social network companies can simultaneously measure everything about us and control the information we consume. And that's an accelerating trend. When you have access to both perception and action, you're looking at an AI problem. You can start establishing an optimization loop for human behavior, in which you observe the current state of your targets and keep tuning what information you feed them until you start observing the opinions and behaviors you wanted to see. So yeah, this is like literally just the um, uh, targeting problem that Wiener was, was <laughs> working on when he came up with cybernetics, uh, uh. right? Like, this is, this is like the anti-aircraft gun uh, targeting <laughs> problem. Uh, so, a large subset of the field of AI, in particular reinforcement learning, is about developing algorithms to solve such optimization problems as efficiently as possible to close the loop and achieve, achieve full control of the target at hand, in this case, us. By moving our lives to the digital realm, we become vulnerable to that which rules it, AI algorithms.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Pretty
2: fucking clear. Yeah. Um,
0: (laughs) Pretty clear. uh,
2: And and so, you know, like, uh, when we were talking about cybernetics, when we were talking about uh, Pickering's book, you know, he was at pains to explain that, like, control in the cybernetic sense does not necessarily mean control in the sense of domination, that we we typically think of but in this case it could mean that right like it's very much could be used for that and pickering like you know was very clear that like yeah that kind of cybernetics has absolutely always existed it's just not what he was interested in studying right so like that is also out there and also quite dangerous um But I don't know. uh, There's these different forms of reinforcement uh, that that he goes through. I thought that was one of the most useful parts of the article. Uh, Mm -hmm. Would you be interested in sort of like going through that a little bit more? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, sure. Uh, Okay, so the first one is identity reinforcement. Um, And it says, this is an old trick that has been leveraged since the very first ads in history and still works just as well as it did the first time, consisting of associating a given view with markers that you identify with or wish you did, thus making you automatically side with the target view. In the context of AI-optimized social media consumption, a control algorithm could make sure that you only see content, whether news stories or posts from your friends, where the views it wants you to hold co-occur with your own identity markers and inversely for views the algorithm wants you to move away from. So, like, you know, in the the, the, the very beginning of advertising is uh, during the uh, Protestant Revolution, right? The the The... the you know, the the use of print To create religious propaganda And help wage wars In, the, in between We get things like, you know um, MTV using uh, Communist iconography To make it seem edgy <laughs> And revolutionary, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Like that's the kind of identity reinforcement He's talking about here um, But here it's kind of like Oh yeah, so these are the things you identify with And these are the things that Uh, We want you to uh, agree with and we're just going to put those things together algorithmically uh, personalized to you and to our objectives. Um, So it's kind of just a a more sophisticated form of the old uh, advertising techniques that we all know. Uh, And then uh, the the second one here is uh, negative social reinforcement if you make a post expressing a view that the control algorithm doesn't want you to hold the system can choose to only show your post to people who hold the opposite view maybe acquaintances maybe strangers maybe bots and who will harshly criticize it repeated many times such social backlash is likely to make you move away from your initial views like this is really the scary shit right like because Um, I can, I can absolutely imagine, you know, the algorithm just taking, uh, like trans people online and exposing them to massive transphobes Mm -hmm. repeatedly Mm -hmm. until they are forced off of social media. Uh
0: uh Like that is like really horrific shit. I'll put a fucking year's salary on the fact that that, that does happen. Any, anyone want to take the other side of that fucking bet?
2: You
0: know, uh, uh, uh. yeah <laughs> that definitely you know, I mean it's, it, it,
2: like it, it is really frightening because like this is the this is exactly the sort of thing that leads people to self-harm and and, and commit suicide right like it, it's really 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 frightening shit uh, and the next one is positive social reinforcement if you make a post expressing a view that the control algorithm wants to spread it can choose to only show it to people who will like it. It could even be bots. This will reinforce your belief and put you under the impression that you are part of a supportive majority. So, uh, you know, you could easily imagine that, like, uh, Mark Zuckerberg's personal propaganda campaigns on Facebook uh, could engineer this kind of uh, astroturfed impression of uh, popular support right and then we have sampling bias uh the algorithm may also be more likely to show you posts from your friends or the media at large that support the views it wants you to hold placed in such an important information bubble uh you'll be under the impression that these views have much broader support than they do in reality um and like i feel like this is just like straight up like herman and chomsky uh, manufacturing consent style, like sampling bias, right? But like you know, they could they could absolutely do that by being platform holders. Uh-huh,
1: uh-huh. Um, then, and the, 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 those last two are also taking advantage of. There's another cognitive bias called um um uh, uh, it, uh um it's 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 I can't believe that I'm, I'm I'm blanking on the name, but but basically it's that availability bias, which is basically that um you kind of think that the rate of something has something to do with how easily, uh, you can think of an example of it. And so, you know, it, it, it creates, um, uh, um, things like people, uh, thinking that, um, air travel is more, uh, dangerous than, uh, travel by car, even though, you know, it's objectively, you know, much safer because, you know, like a plane crash makes the news while car crashes don't. And so, you know, like that, that, that subjective feeling of, uh, you know, the, the ease of conjuring a memory is like how you kind of rate the, 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 the probability there.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and then the final one here is, uh, the argument personalization. The algorithm may observe that exposure to certain pieces of content among people with a psychological profile close to yours has resulted in the sort of view shift it seeks. It may then serve you with content that is expected to be maximally effective for someone with your particular views and life experience. In the long run, the algorithm may even be able to generate such maximally effective content from scratch specifically for you. So, you know, we can imagine this is like, this could be um, uh, white supremacy YouTube likes. This could be, uh, you know, uh, anti-Semitic stuff on Facebook of which there is plenty. And I, I, I found quite worrying in my my uh, personal interactions with people being like oh you're an anti semite mm. now oh yeah you use Facebook a lot okay that's <laughs> that's that's fucking scary yep. okay um, <laughs> and uh, and yeah so like that was also the one you were talking about I think uh, uh, Shane with the the, the racist uncle uh, exposure kind of kind of deal right um, yeah yeah. Um, so, in the in, in some, uh, he says, uh, from an information security perspective, you would call these vulnerabilities known exploits that can be used to take over a system. In the case of human minds, these vulnerabilities never get patched. They are just the way we work. Um, And he goes on to say, the human mind is a static, vulnerable system that will come increasingly under attack from an ever smarter AI algorithms that will simultaneously have a complete view of everything we do and believe and complete control of the information we consume.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, because, like, you know, we are much more sophisticated um uh, but you know like um yeah you know, the, the, the behavioral um econ way way of phrasing it with that you know you've got system 1 and system 2 system 1 is uh, intuitive and very fast and works according to all these um biases and heuristics while system 2 you know is thoughtful and slow but the thing is you know and so like it can definitely beat system 1 you know like it maybe can never beat really beat system 2 but how often are you in system 2 like you know like it's you know, the, the, you only maybe 4 hours a day so does this explain why we
0: get so few fucking clicks on Facebook? Because they they systematically <laughs> downrate <laughs> commie shit like this.
1: <laughs>
0: that's my explanation. Uh,
2: maybe I mean you know I I, I don't think I don't think there's big money in uh, in <laughs> communism <copy laughs> on Facebook.
0: Almost certainly not. Um, yeah, this this yeah. shit is fucking it's it's horrendous. Like, and it's all in it's all in private hands. Like all this fucking. It's 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 tuned towards this profit imperative, so that if um some fucking shell company for the Koch brothers shows up and says we want to push as much white supremacist shit as, as possible, the a, the AI's just go yeah sure, the we we can do that optimization problem we can shift people into a mindset where they're willing to click on your shit on your stuff you know it's Oh, fuck um and yeah I mean it's it's already effective right it's already fucking doing stuff um I think like the the 2016 stuff really stands out as like, oh shit, this this stuff really is kind of out of control, and um and we're we're in the middle of the fucking ramp up to 2020, right? You know, like ah Christ, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: yeah. And and on information theory or um uh, like, like like cybernetics way of looking at it, you know, Like it, it's also like a weird like um variety attenuator that that you know like like it really is like a uh, you know it's, it's it's a little cruise control for like. Where you know where your mind can wander when you're in you know minimally like when you're in the mind state when you're you know on social media which is also you know it's also trying to increase but I mean like yeah yeah anyway because yeah you yeah know, because as as you're saying you know like uh, yeah your thoughts aren't just like originating from you you know like they are embedded in your social context and if you've got this thing that's optimizing your social context toward re- really just ridiculous shit you know <laughs> like the fact that what we're optimizing for is you know like extracting profits for these idiots like you know what like that that will lead us to mass death
0: yeah totally and like um it's it, it's so like i mean you, you sometimes still get the sort of defense of like this internet stuff as like in the spirit of the original sort of thing uh, with the internet of like oh you know huge information superhighway like people would have availability of any information they could ever want and they could learn anything and this sort of thing but then in practice you spend all your time in these fucking facebook silos and as you said it's a variety attenuator it is it is anti-educational because the the things that are put on the screen are specifically steered towards what the algorithm wants you're not like generally learning anything you're not you're not gaining it's it's contrary to that kind of view of like oh being plugged into the matrix and seeing all the news and you know having the the all the fucking images flash by your eyes and like you're you're really plugged yeah. in you're really you're really on, online you're wired you know that kind of thing and it's like no it's so much more narrow than that it's so much more like you're drinking your own backwash like, like right. that's yeah. that's what it is yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly
2: yeah exactly because you know <laughs> like experience has shown like even if you have say like you know. Uh, public access, like, educational channels like they do in, you know, France or whatever, uh, or in Japan, for that matter, they have a channel like that you can watch. Um, It's, like, people do already attenuate variety. Like, that's just part of what we do. And so we are already sort of attracted to things that we are familiar with uh, or that fall into certain, like, channels of thinking that we're familiar with. Um, And when you... uh, Engineer a massive system to reinforce that tendency. It really does uh, run right up against that utopian promise of of a, what the internet was supposed to be um, in terms of uh, the sort of the library of Alexandria, but greater at
0: your fingertips mm-hmm. all the time. I can't help but um, remember, like um, maybe way back in the cybernetic brain, um, and and it's in Brain of the Firm as well, right? But like Beer's theory of crisis. You have these kind of low variety channels, a very an extremely high variety situation, such as the world, that is then represented through low variety channels, where there are feedback loops that kind of ever increasingly constrain the variety of the channels, and so the 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 sort of popular model of the world and the situation just drifts further and further away from reality over time, and that kind of just makes crisis worse and worse.
1: Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Yeah, I,
0: I
2: think. Um, there is this part where he notes that, like um, the the techniques that are being used now, are not strictly logistic regression. Um, there, there is actually like uh, new research being done by uh, him, which gets to the yeah, exactly, which gets to the eighty percent of, of uh, relevant engineers, including himself, being employed at these companies. And you know, this this really reminds me, like, of uh, when I was when I was studying information society theory for my MA thesis. Like, a lot of the people who are writing that stuff were like very closely connected to industry, and they just. They had like this really deep sense of discomfort with what the technology was being used for, but they also just sort of resorted to magical thinking in order to imagine a way in which the stuff they were working on and cared about could be used for good ends instead of the ones that they actually anticipated happening. There's kind of this bifurcation between the world they expected and the world which. Um, they sort of u- u- uh, projected as a utopia, and the utopia went on to actually be used as more propaganda for Silicon Valley. Right? <laughs> so <laughs> it, it's yeah, it's it's a it's a weird weird dynamic that happens for these people who are closest to the technology, closest to the new uh, the, the the sort of cutting edge,
0: um, but are made sort of very deeply uncomfortable by their mm-hmm. own work. Um, we get a bit of rhyming with that in the kind of closing section, um, of to like you know what what, what is to be done, uh, about this. Um, the author says like that the, the issue isn't the AI itself, it's the issue is control, um, and that you know the solution is to put users back in charge, you know, transparency, configurability, this sort of stuff. Um, I agree, a
1: ball's private property, you know, yeah. <laughs> you're getting there, dude. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. exactly.
0: It's it's frustrating <laughs> because I think the, the author is like. Inches away from getting it, um, but the, unfortunately, this kind of last section is very much in the kind of vein of like the answer to every question is always another startup. You know, it's like you've got to build the yeah. anti- Facebook and this kind of stuff.
1: Um, <laughs> it's no, or, or, yeah. or, or, or how about the workers who are working for Facebook right now? Which like he's also like, he's almost there. Like, like he's so cl- like I I I find it hopeful personally that like you know he's he's almost to the point of, of just saying you know like uh, uh you know uh, owners should not control all this you know. Like, like the actual people who are affected by it you know we should democratize the economy you should have some say in decisions that affect you oh and yeah well like the people who work for these companies they all—they don't want this it's not to their benefit either like yeah, the, 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 there's a common interest in the people who were exploited and the people who are working there Since so, so the workers have to do something he thinks they should make another startup but yeah the, the, I think history has provided us with, uh, with other, other things <laughs> workers can do but even, even if you make a yes. startup
0: it's going to be beholden to fucking Saudi VC money anyway yeah right? yeah like, yeah you're gonna be <laughs> Stuck in the same pattern. Um, yeah, really. Yeah, <laughs> totally. I, I think f- I, I,
1: funded by whom? Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I agree that like there, there's there's definitely an opportunity. Like I think it's is it genuinely is very close to getting it. Um, there's an in the article itself though there's an unfortunate kind of emphasis of like you know setting up the right market conditions to to like the right the market incentives to get the outcome you want. And it's just such it's such a lib thing to like. Oh, read, read Marx, please <laughs> Please read Marx <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: At least Google Murray Bookchin I think you really <laughs> quick Yeah, and I, I think that
2: um, I think part of the reason why this article Sort of got written in the first place Is that these issues of uh, Manipulation um, That we were talking about earlier um, Are very much sort of like Common concerns Between uh, Marxists and liberals, right? Because for liberals, this is like uh, infringing on individual rationality. And that is sort of like the foundation of liberal thought, right? Um, and so, uh, you know, and, and there's also the fact that like these, are, these algorithms don't really discriminate uh, in terms of who they are manipulating they'll try to manipulate everybody um, so there there's no it's they're they're not class blind by any means but they are also uh, not uh, class targeted in the way that might make liberals uh, just not give a shit about uh
1: uh-huh, uh uh-huh. no yeah yeah um, uh-huh, uh-huh,
2: uh-huh. yeah yeah um, and so yeah so i think i think that, that that helps to create this kind of like uh,
0: common area of concern uh, between between the two positions yeah totally i mean like this is i think yeah there's um a huge huge amount of commonality it's uh yeah i mean it's it's very close um and i i desperately hope this author gets radicalized um yeah, I mean, Marx Marx
2: started as a okay. liberal,
0: right? Yeah,
1: you know, kind of the born, uh, perfect, right? Like we have to, we have to get there eventually. <laughs> <laughs> um, then, the, 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 there's like a big leftist idea of how, like, you know, the, 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 the petty bourgeois is more likely to, you know, um, a, a side with the capitalists. Because their interests are are, are interests are, are are more aligned, and just yeah, you know, like not you know not necessarily, like yeah, you know, there's this shit that re- that really does affect you, like like regardless of 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 who you are, you know probably tech savvy people like more, but and also also or, you know uh, uh, people with disposable income um, uh, um, more more in general, but and also you know look, capital wants to de-skill you and eventually kill you, like yeah, you know, <laughs> like, like there are reasons. Like I, I I see a glimmer of hope in this and and other arguments that you know, and, and the thing is like it wouldn't need to. Be be that many, you know, engineers revolting in order to cause massive problems.
0: Yeah, I mean, like we've, we've said that before, right, that like um, the kind of tech workers are in a similar place to where sort of railway workers or uh, uh, and such were previously um, as sort of a, uh, a pivot point in the economy. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and um, I, I
2: think you know uh, when we get into his particular recommendations, we can kind of we can kind of take a brief look at them uh, just just to see like okay, some of this is, is liberal nonsense, but some of it is stuff you might just see in Fiendberg, right? Like uh, so, um, any algorithmic news feed of significant adoption should transparently convey what objectives the feed algorithm is currently optimizing for. And how these objectives are affecting your information diet. So, you know, when you think about the uh, traditional media landscape, um, it's generally been the case that um, news outlets will take particular political positions, right? Um, Like, so, you know, in the sort of uh, early uh, stage of print news, you would have, like, uh, leftist papers and then the, the big capitalist papers that sort of moved on to being different types of capitalist papers. And you have news channels that, that, that tend to side with a certain political side. And that kind of gives you, by reputation, a sense of what the objectives the feed algorithm is optimizing for. Um, even though oftentimes the variety of uh, feeds is too limited to actually give you as much information as you ought to have. Uh, but when you get to something like Facebook, there's a lot of because it's all in a unitary feed. There's a lot less clarity there, um, and so you know this 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 would kind of help to fulfill that function. I'm I'm somewhat skeptical. This feels a little bit too um, naive about politics. But, but why you know, would I, Facebook it, do
1: this? What, why? I, you know, <laughs> yeah. Keep yeah. Yeah. This
2: this this feels very like uh, very much like the the Habermas uh, ideal speech situation. Right. Like, this is a thing that could never actually exist,
1: but it's it's an ideal that they're <laughs> shooting for. Um, uh, 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 no, that's, 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 a, that's a great idea. And, you know, if, if uh, the economy was controlled democratically, I, I think that would be that should be something that we, people should definitely, you know, look at.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so then the next one was give you intuitive tools to set these goals yourself. For instance, it should, it should be possible for you to configure your newsfeed to maximize learning and po- personal growth in specific directions. Um, yeah, and, like, it's not to say that there haven't been, like, web technologies that aimed in that direction, but they're certainly not the ones we have today. Um, yeah. Uh, and... Th- yeah, go
1: ahead. There are kind of ways, like, to sort of hack it to do that, to be completely really honest. You know, like, my, my, my Facebook newsfeed, you know, like, um, uh, I don't know if you have an Android, like, when you swipe, like, all the way, like, like to the left uh, you know, it just gives you, like, articles, like, I, you know, it is, it is actually creepily useful, like, I have, uh, I have, I have Googled, like, technical problems, and then the next day, I see really just excellent blog posts, like, talking about exactly, like, what I wanted the other day, like, you know, like, that, like, that is, I, I you know, it's, it, it's, it's a little, it's a little creepy, but I mean, it's incredibly useful, actually, and then at that point, you can actually even start to sort of train it to, like, okay, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna click on a, bu- a bunch of this kind of stuff, and then, you know, you see a bunch of related stuff, uh, uh, you know, like, in the, in the next, um, uh, the next next day. It, it actually recommended me. Uh, so um, I was looking into like um, uh, FPGAs um, and uh, it recommended me uh, um, a, uh, a blog post about uh, recreating old Soviet um, computers <laughs> with FPGAs. It was like, okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, Man, Google, uh, you, know, you know what, Google, I feel like you're on my side, right? actually. So, like, uh, I, I feel like they're helping me achieve what I want to do in this world. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yep. Get that uh, ternary uh, computing oh, doing. yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Um, nice uh, The next one is uh, Feature an always visible measure Of how much time you are spending on the feed So you know some uh, Some video games do this Right uh, uh, Like you know maybe 4 games Or MMOs games that are notorious for um, encouraging uh, self-destructive behavior, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, uh, they, they they offer that kind of thing, but you, you certainly don't get that um, on uh, Facebook, and that you know that to some extent, depending on the game, maybe be because the, the the game creators' interests align more closely with the users. But in the case of, of Facebook, they're quite antagonistic. Yeah,
1: because they, they, they don't actually make more money. Yeah, they, 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 they don't make more money by you, um, uh, uh, playing the game for more hours. Like, it's more like a casino where, you know, knowing how long you've been spent, you've been, uh, how much time you've been spending there is the last thing in the world that they want, and they, you know, spend a considerable amount designing the space to make it intentionally hard.
2: Yeah, and that's, that's where they overlap with, like, gotcha games, uh, that, that kind of thing, um, that, that are, are really based on the casino model, um, and then uh, we also have uh, feature tools to stay in control of how much time you're spending on the feed, such as a daily time target, past which the algorithm will seek to get you off the feed. Um, oh, man, that would be great. Uh, you can you can also
1: hack yeah, this, yeah. Right? If, if, if If only the business wasn't funded by ads. like you know, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> yep. uh, this is another thing that you can hack yourself, right? Like, the, the, there are, like, browser add-ons and that kind of thing that can help you do this, but, like... They're, they tend to be a little bit buggy because they're not actually working in concert with the platform. Um, so, you know, it's like this is these are like things that are, are eminently feasible at a technological level. Now, like yeah, there's no yeah, real engineering problem here. Um, yeah. Um, and, it's, and then there's this very important line here. We should build AI to serve humans, not to manipulate them for profit or political gain. What if newsfeed algorithms what if newsfeed algorithms didn't operate like casino operators or propagandists? It's like hmm, yeah, yeah maybe well, what maybe if we had we, maybe we need uh, yeah, exactly. We need to we need to emphasize use values over exchange <laughs> yeah. values. The, that's that's the thing here. Huh? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. M- um, m-
1: maybe maybe uh, uh, these the, 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 uh, this cloud infrastructure and uh, the machine learning models that run on it, you know, that are you know the the, the modern you know the twenty first century means of production. Maybe they shouldn't be owned by some assholes, you know, and should be dimmer, And you know, society should decide like what gets done with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah!
0: Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean a mix a mixed bag uh, for that. Uh, but oh yeah, so close. Like I mean, <laughs> this is this is so kind of right up our alley, except for some of the conclusions. Um, but yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean,
2: yeah, mm-hmm. I mean it, it ends on that the anti Facebook idea, which you know, again, like it's 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 very much. Um, Trying like it's a recommendation to try the same thing again and hope it'll work out with exactly the same kinds of problems going in. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Uh-huh, right.
1: Uh-huh. right. <laughs> like, it's just like,
2: oh, you know, you know what we didn't do right at Google. We weren't not evil yeah. enough. That
1: was the problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. for, the sake,
2: uh-huh.
0: of, for mm-hmm. the sake of any listeners, or or even potentially the the author might be listening. Uh, hello, if you are.
1: Um, I love Keras, by the way. It's an amazing <laughs> package. Yeah, yeah, it is. So, it is so good. I. I I love your API design philosophy in general. You made a great blog post about it. I yeah, it's wonderful. It's declarative. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: But if, if anyone's wondering what we keep going on about here, where we, we seem to have knowledge that, of why this is insufficient. Uh, you can go back to our previous episode on platform capitalism uh, which is or even read that book which is a a full rundown of of why we believe that um, so that that is the concrete recommendation there if you're kind of scratching your head as to like why why are they so down on some of this stuff um, with very concrete reasons that were explored in that episode um, yeah I mean is there is there anything else we want to cover before we sort of wrap it up?
1: Uh, the, 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 there was one quote that, that uh, from his book on uh, deep learning in Python that like I feel like is you know mm, uh, uh, is 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 kind of relevant. So um, he's talking about um, yeah when you're choosing you know like exactly what you know you're training your machine learning thingy um, uh, uh, to optimize. Choosing the right objective function for the right problem is extremely important. Your network will take any shortcut it can to minimize the loss, so if the objective doesn't fully correlate with success for the task at hand, your network will end up doing things you may not have wanted. Imagine a stupid, omnipotent AI trained by stochastic gradient descent with this poorly chosen objective function. Maximize the average well-being of all humans alive. To make its job easier, this AI might choose to kill all humans except a few and focus on the well-being of the remaining ones, because average well-being isn't affected by how many human beings are left. That might not be what you intended. Just remember that all neural networks you build will be just as ruthless in lowering their loss function. So choose the objective wisely or you'll have to face unintended side effects. Sounds like capitalism itself, am I right? Except our current objective function, maximize shareholder value, isn't even as nice as that
0: one. Yep. No, totally. Absolutely. Yeah, Um, Yeah, because,
2: you know, you you, you spend time with capitalists and... They're not really very happy people. Nah, they're really not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I, I don't I don't think the system really optimizes for their well-being. It definitely does. not right? yeah, yeah, um, like Even even yeah, yeah. Um, yeah.
0: even if they get everything they wanted, that they they are still disciplined by this monstrous
1: fucking alien force. Like that's uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's not their happiness either. It's just like that's just the one signal it can it can uh, um uh uh read. Yeah, there's a famous experiment of like um. There's this fly that, like, the only way that it knows that it's eaten enough is uh, th- th- how much its stomach is stretching, and uh, you can cut mm. the nerve that goes there, and it will literally eat until it explodes. <laughs> so, yeah, 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 yep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh boy, bad stuff. Um. I'm hopeful, though. I, I you know, I, I I think we need a little more, uh, you, know, uh, the, 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 you know, for better or for worse, there's a lot of sort of can-do optimism in the, in the culture of this, and, you know... The, yeah, let's apply it. You know, the 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 uh uh the, the, there's a pessimism that the, that can set in, but you know what? Like you don't know what's gonna happen. Any outcome is possible. Life is chaos. You know, like nothing. You, 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 there's no reason to write things off as hopeless. Totally. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: I mean, that's the project of the, the show, right? I mean, like uh, try to capture some of that uh, techie enthusiasm and channel it towards uh, the immortal science of Marxism Leninism. You know? Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh fuck! <laughs> um, oh boy! Yeah, I guess that's a it's a great place to wrap it up. Uh, thanks, listeners, for for listening, and uh, thanks, Matt, for coming along on this adventure with us. Uh, it's been wonderful. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's been wonderful to have you. Um, and uh, yeah, if uh, we give the the guests the, the the sort of last word, is there any anything you'd like to plug or etc. Um.
1: Uh. uh, uh did you ever talk about like that a letter that Norbert Wiener wrote to UAW? No. Well, no. no. Uh, I mean. Uh, uh, so it's sort of relevant. Uh, so basically, um, you know, like uh, we, we, we were talking about how, like, he, um yeah, uh, uh, you know, uh, the, the the blog author, you know, kind of glossed over technological unemployment. And uh, uh, Norbert wiener actually like wrote like a letter to UAW about how you know he wanted to basically cut a deal, uh, uh, you know, help them cut a deal to make sure that they got a piece of automation. But like they didn't listen to him. Mm. I don't know. It's, it's cool. Google it. Don't find me. Oh fuck, we're, we're probably gonna have to read that then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, 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 we should check it out for sure. Yeah, there's there's nothing I want people uh, to find about like me specifically. (laughs) That okay, (laughs) that's fine. (laughs)
2: That's that's very much fair. (laughs) Very
0: much so. You can find us though on the internet at generalinsectunit.net. We're on Twitter Twitter as giunitpod because they don't allow longer. Usernames. Um, we're on Facebook uh, <laughs> if you can find us because the the algorithm might have hidden us by now. I don't know. Um, <laughs> if you want to help the show, uh, subscribe, like, like, rate, all that kind of crap. Uh, share us around with people you think might be interested. Or probably the the bottom of the barrel in terms of helping us out is to go to Patreon.com/slash General Intellect Unit. Kick us a couple of bucks a month. Um, at the five dollar a month level, you'll get access to our community Discord, which is a a hopping place uh, full of great conversation. Yeah, I guess that's everything. Um, thanks for listening, we'll catch you in a couple of weeks. Bye-bye. Ladies, Bye.